Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents and carers. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Today, we're revisiting one of our favourite interviews from the archive. I hope you enjoy it. When I was pregnant, the last thing I thought about was breastfeeding. After my baby was born, I went to the class in the hospital and felt like I'd failed my first test as a parent. Breastfeeding may be what our bodies are built for, but it doesn't follow that it will come easy once you've had your baby. Pinky McKay is a lactation consultant and author. Hi, Pinky. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm great, thanks. Is breastfeeding something you can prepare for before you have your baby? Well, yes, you can actually. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it is natural, but it's a learned skill. You know, it's not natural like breathing. It's more natural like walking or something like that you have to learn to do. And, you know, you wouldn't just jump in a car and head off down the freeway, would you, if you'd never thought about how to do it? Yeah. So I think the good thing is, you know, in, in some ways you can't necessarily prepare your breast for breastfeeding because your body is going to do that. But you can certainly learn about breastfeeding before you have that, you know, crying, hungry baby in your arms and you're wondering, oh, what am I doing? What do I do? I've got to keep my baby alive. It's pretty scary. And, and um, what kind of preparation do you, I mean, are you talking about classes where they show you what to do or where they talk about what it is? Well, the Australian Breastfeeding Association do run classes, so check in your area if there's an antenatal breastfeeding class. Some of the hospitals do an antenatal breastfeeding class. It's really hard, though, because you're... Your head isn't necessarily in a space beyond the birth. I mean, so many people think birth is the big climax. They're going to meet this beautiful baby and it's all going to be fine from there. But, you know, I think having a good book, I actually have an e-book and recording package called Breastfeeding Simply on my website. But, you know, you need to know things like how to tell when your baby's hungry. You know, they, they put their hand to their mouth, they make sucking noises, they root towards the breast. How to tell if your baby's getting enough milk. You know, is he having heavy, wet nappies? Is he sucking well? Um, you know, you watch his little ear, the little part in front of his ears wiggling and watch him take those lovely long sucks. You'll hear him swallowing. Just those little things that know um, what happens and, you know, how to, how to breast boost your milk supply if you're a little bit anxious about it. But you can also watch videos of babies breastfeeding on YouTube and have a look at those and see... Um, you know, there's lots and lots of different ones, but Dr. Jack Newman has some good videos on YouTube, but you'll find those just to get your hand around it and even talking to other mothers who are breastfeeding. You know, often we haven't handled a baby before we have our own these days because people are having smaller families and kids closer together, so they haven't seen a younger sibling breastfeeding. And women aren't just sitting around breastfeeding randomly all over the place as perhaps they might in a you know, less Western culture. And I have heard that that can make a big difference, actually having seen it happen. Yes. So, I mean, I think getting along to the Breastfeeding Association, you know, just where there are other mothers breastfeeding and just getting comfortable with that because we have never just hung our breasts out before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, unless you're into topless sunbathing. Well, that's right. But you read in the paper, you know, some new mum quite vulnerable, just learning all this and she'll read in the paper or hear on the news or see on social media that some poor woman's been asked to leave a venue because she's breastfeeding, you know, whether it be at a pool or a cafe or something. And then you become really anxious about, oh, oh, I can't go out. And that's not even good for your mental health not to go out. So, you know, it's, it's really good to be around people breastfeeding. 
And another thing is to get to know your girls, you know, check your breasts. There are some factors that can make breastfeeding a bit more challenging, but, you know, being aware of how your boobs look and any medical or physical issues that might affect or delay breastfeeding, if, you, if you're anxious, get a lactation consultant and do an antenatal session with a lactation consultant. You know, I quite often do these and sit and talk to women about, you know, what it's going to be like, what to expect um, there and, you know, what shape are your nipples? Do they pop out easily for your baby to attach to or do you have flat or inverted nipples? And it doesn't mean you can't breastfeed. It just means that you might need some extra help at first. I love that you say that because that's one of the things they told me in the first lesson that um, I had inverted nipples and that it was going to be hard for me. And because I had just given birth and I was ridiculously tired, I went back thinking, oh my goodness, I went back to my room thinking, oh my goodness, I I can't feed my baby. What do I do? My baby's going to starve. I know. You're so overwhelmed with those protective hormones. You're tired. You just go, I've hit a brick wall before I've even started. It can feel really overwhelming. Um, you mentioned there um, about getting to know your own breasts and um, so that mm. you, you kind of have a, a sense of what it might be like. Attachment and getting the baby actually on the boob so that they're feeding properly can be such a tricky thing. Um, can you explain what proper attachment is? Well, with the baby going on, firstly, it might feel a little bit sore like breaking in new shoes at first for the first few, but it shouldn't be desperately painful. So, you know, what your baby needs to be doing is latching on with a good part of their bottom jaw in deeply underneath the breast. You know, the bottom jaw should take in the whole of the areola, which is the dark part around the nipple. Depending, you know, women have so many varying sizes of nipples and areolas that you know, you don't want your baby on the tip of the nipple, but it's it's really hard. Somebody might tell you, you know, they have to have the whole areola in their mouth. So you're popping that baby off and on, and it might be just too much for that baby's little mouth. But as long as they're in deeply underneath, and their mouth should look, you know, the special K um, on the special K box. But it should almost look like that with the jaw wide open and on, um, you know, firmly. And that when they do come off, that the nipple isn't squashed flat because if it is squashed flat it means that you know maybe they're not on quite as well as they could be and you you know it'd be good to have somebody check you and if it's very very painful you know even if somebody says looks like a good latch just you know just get it checked and and have that baby's mouth you know it might be something to do with the baby's oral function they might have a tongue tie they might have a high palate they might have a little bit of difficulty getting on very well um, another thing that can make breastfeeding a bit difficult is, you know, if you, some of the medical conditions like polycystic ovarian syndrome, diabetes, or thyroid disorders. Um, one of the one of the um, things some people do get told they've got insufficient glandular tissue, which can be big or small breasts. But if you haven't had much breast development during puberty or pregnancy, or you've got uneven sized or widely spaced tubular looking breast it could be um, you know a bit challenging for you too but women who have gestational diabetes something else they can do is to start expressing colostrum I mean this is a good thing for all mothers to do from about 36 weeks of pregnancy so what um, I never did that so what does that mean 
what it means is that you know, you can express a little bit of colostrum, you can collect it in a syringe because there won't be very much. This is a sticky fluid that's coming out of your breast before you have your baby. And um, pop those little syringes, you know, get two or, two or five little syringes from your local chemist, they're about 40 cents each. And then pop those little syringes with your colostrum into a Ziploc bag in the freezer and you can take it into hospital with you because if you have got gestational diabetes, sometimes, quite often the baby will have low blood sugars after it's born and you know sometimes babies have low blood sugars anyway or on that second night when they're very restless and they want to feed a lot and it's not about hunger but you know someone might say oh we'll give your baby some formula which can actually interfere with the environment in the baby's gut and it can sensitize them to the proteins in the formula so that they're more likely to have um, allergies later on so um, you know, you can just say, look, we don't need to give my baby formula because I have got that colostrum in your fridge. You know, you take it into hospital with you. One of the it's things just, you mentioned oh. there was about uh, earlier was about, um, you know, before you have the baby, understanding what it looks like when your baby's had enough milk. You mentioned the nappies there, which I think is brilliant because one of the things I remember thinking as a new mum and a lot of our friends had a similar reaction to this was wishing our boobs were transparent like glass so that you could actually see what was going out of your breast them. into your baby. <laughs> because I know, um, I, I also know that when you have a, a breastfeeding baby, you touch yourself all day, every day without thinking where you are, who's watching, or if it's a little bit weird because you're trying to work out, oh, are my boobs full? Which side do they go on next? Have I fed yep, enough? Which or... is the heavy one. <laughs> exactly. And even when you're not thinking consciously, you're still feeling them because you're so used to yeah. monitoring where your breast milk's at. But even so, even being so sensitive about those sorts of things, I still was always thinking, how much have you had to drink? I really can't tell. So does that all come down to the nappies? Is that all we have to think about? Not worry about watching or, or trying to guess what's coming out, but actually going, okay, are they getting X amount of wet nappies a day? Okay, they're feeding well. Yes, if they have about five heavy wet disposable nappies, you know, six cloth nappies a day that are wet. And if, you, if you're wondering, you know, in the first six weeks, they should be doing a poo about the size of a 50-cent piece, at least one a day. They'll often do a lot more and a lot more often at first. And then things slow up a bit. But, you know, in those first few weeks, doing wheeze and poos, and at any time you're breastfeeding, you know, the heavy wet nappies are a really good indicator because what's come in, you know, what comes out must have gone in. Yes. And if you're anxious about how much is a you know, in that nappy, you can actually get a little cup with water and pour it onto a disposable nappy. You know, put put 100 mils or so in a cup and pour it onto a nappy and see what it feels like. Yep. If you're not sure about whether the nappy, you know, there are lines on some of the new nappies telling you whether they're wet or not. Sometimes the line hasn't been hit and so you think your nappy's not wet. But if you just tear open that little, you know, the lining of the nappy, you can see whether it's wet or not. I think that's such a simple way to put mum's mm. minds at ease with, with how much they It really is. It's very, you know, it's very simple, but often people aren't, I don't know whether they're not told or they don't hear because you're not often not in a brain space to hear those sorts of things. But I think, you know, just checking the nappies, if the nappy's wet and the baby's only having breast milk, the baby's definitely got milk. 
I love that. Um, speaking of nappies, kind of, um, <laughs> are there any props that you recommend that are good to support successful breastfeeding? In terms of physical props, is there anything that you recommend a mum should invest in before they bring their baby home? Well, some breast pads, which you're probably going to leak. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good point. Yeah, I mean, some mums may find a nipple cream handy, but you really probably don't need one. You could actually express off a little bit of milk after a feed and rub that into your nipples and let them dry because your breast milk has all the good stuff in that's going to help heal any bugs or any um, soreness. But, you know, if you are, um, you know, if you feel your nipples are a little bit dry or something like that, you could use a nipple cream. Um, some women will find a breastfeeding pillow handy, but it's handy, but it's not necessary. Um, you know, you can just you put rest your elbow on a bed pillow or a sofa cushion generally. Um, you know, you really don't need a lot of equipment. Some women find... Uh, having a chair that feels comfortable to them with, you know, good support, that's another possibility. But again, you still don't need a lot of equipment. Um, You know, I find a lot of women think they need a breast pump before they have their baby. I'd say wait until you've got your baby and see whether you actually need one. If you're going back to work um, and you're going to be separated from your baby, a good electric breast pump that does both sides and a bra that... um, makes pumping very easy, particularly no-handed, that can be, you know, those can be helpful. But I think, you know, a good nursing bra and some breast pads is probably your basics for, um, you know, starting off breastfeeding. Most of the other stuff you could improvise. Is there any way of preventing mastitis? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It is one of the main concerns, right, when you're breastfeeding. very, very frightened of this. And look, often mastitis is related to things like overdoing it, being exhausted, being run down because that affects your immune system, you know, perhaps having some low iron, the baby not emptying your breast well. So, you know, getting your baby to empty your breast well. um, You know, if you get any little lumps or bumps to massage Um, the breasts. There is a product which has got some great research called Kiara, it's Q-I-A-R-A, which is a probiotic. Um, The main, the um, active probiotic in that is lactobacillus fermentum and they found that in the research that women who had recurrent mastitis actually um, were low in this particular probiotic or enzyme or whatever you call it. So this is made from that. It's actually cultured from human breast milk. Wow. So, you know, it doesn't mean women are out there expressing lots and lots. You only need a little bit because most probiotics are cultured from poo. So if you're thinking, oh, that's funny um, (laughs) about breast milk, you know, most of them are cultured from human poo. So Awesome. (laughs) Such a good note there. Awesome. We love that. (laughs) So you can actually start taking the tiara during, you know, the last month or so of pregnancy and it can help with breast health. But I think things like, you know, not overdoing it, planning to just rest and breastfeed in those first couple of um, weeks, you know, plan to do nothing else but learn to breastfeed during that first um, couple of weeks. You know, there's so much pressure for mums to get out and about and do things and have 100 visitors and, you know, really it's, it's better to rest and learn to breastfeed, 
set up a comfortable space to feed your baby, you know, check out a comfy chair. And a really good tip is to have a basket of goodies that you can just take with you, whether you're sitting in a chair in the lounge room or you're, you know, sitting in bed feeding or you sit outside on the deck or wherever it feels good for you to be feeding. And you can take this basket with you that's got your water bottle, your healthy snacks, your breast pads and maybe a couple of nappies. You know, you put your, you know, a book in it if you can manage to feed one-handed or a podcast. Oh, podcasts are great. Listening to podcasts while you breastfeed. Um, You know, download them while you're pregnant so that you've got, you know, you've got them all on your phone ready and you can listen to them and then you're not sitting there thinking of the 99 things you could or should be doing. Just chill. Oh, I love that. What a great place to end. Pinky, thank (laughs) you so much for speaking to us about this. That's okay. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. That's Pinky McKay. She's a lactation consultant and author. For more information on Pinky, and she has lots of advice about breastfeeding, we'll pop links up on our website. It's babyology.com.au forward slash feed play love. Also, if you are having problems with breastfeeding, don't forget the Australian Breastfeeding Association. They are free. They give free advice. They're wonderful. Or you can also find a good local lactation consultant. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time. Listener.